Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. The next 10 minutes are inspired by a bad student and, uh, and a funny thought. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the engine. I had to fire this kid. <laughs> I didn't feel great about it. It was, uh, this particular student that I'm thinking about was a few years back, and he would come into class, and the class was still pretty small. You know, I, I told everybody that I would cap it at six people, but, you know, the early classes were like two people or, or three people. Sometimes I had one person, you know, but that's the way it goes. No big deal. I was still happy to do it. And so this one kid would come in, and he just wouldn't, he wouldn't get at it, you know? And I would be like, hey, man, what, what's going on today? And he's like, oh, I had, I had baseball. And he kind of talks slow. Oh, had baseball today. Okay, great. Let's get after it. And he just, he couldn't get in gear. He would, he would eat my potato chips or he'd eat my Girl Scout cookies and he would just hang out. And I'd keep getting after him. He wasn't on his phone or anything. He looked like he was working. And I kept checking in. All right, where, where are we? Where are we? Well, I'm on number seven like okay listen we gotta we gotta go and after a while I started realizing like oh this kid is not this kid is not gonna do it he's not engaged he comes and he has a fun time in class but he's he's really not committed committed to the work and and I was really displeased about it because man 99% of the time I can get a kid like that I can get in their head I can level with them I can inspire them I can guilt them. I can do anything I have to, to get them, you know, on board and, and working hard. But this kid, I just, I just couldn't reach. And so I, I had to let him go. I, I got a hold of his parents and just said, Hey, you know what? You're not, you're not going to get a return on this. And, uh, this is just not a good fit. And his parents were cool about it. And I, I don't think I was the first person who had, who had kind of hit a wall with him before. So they weren't, they weren't upset about it. They were fine. And, and in fact, they appreciated that I reached out to them. The other students in the class were, were kind of getting bothered by this because everybody's stressed out in the class, right? And when, they, when you're stressed out and you're working really hard and you're around somebody who's obviously not engaged, it bothers you, right? And so they were you know, telling, man, why are you even coming? What, what are you doing? So again, once, once I let him go, the next week they came back and said, hey, what, what happened to the dude? And I said, oh, you know, explained, oh, you know, you just, I had to let him go, all this stuff. And... One of the students asked, well, why? Why'd you let him go? I said, well, obviously, you know, he wasn't, wasn't getting the work done. And, he said, and they said, yeah, but, you know, his parents were going to pay you anyway, right? And so I have a standard line. I have my standard response to that, which is, look, yes, his parents would have paid me. This is what I tell people. Yes, parents would have paid me, but that's very short-sighted, okay? Because what actually happens is, the parents pay me and justifiably they're looking for a return on their investment. That's the only reason people pay me because they think something's going to happen. I'm going to be able, be able to affect the future test dates or excuse me, not test dates, but test scores. And, you know, the student's going to do better. And if I know that's not going to happen and I still take the money, I'm just a scammer. You know, that like that's not reality. If I know when I'm working with a student and the student is not clicking, they're not doing the homework, they're not doing the things they should be doing, then I know the student's not going to do as well as they want. I give them warnings, I talk to the parents, I bring everybody in, and if the student still doesn't perform, 
then then I got to let them go. You know, I mean, that's that's just kind of the way it is. So I tell the students this. And and for years, I've really believed this. For years, I've really believed, well, you know, I just have a moral obligation to not do this. And I it's not like I don't believe that. But I've realized recently that that's actually not not really the primary reason that I'm so inclined to let students go. Now I know that's a that that could be the only reason and justifiably it's it's important. I want I stand by my service, I stand by what students get out of it, you know, like I'm not looking to take money from anybody unless I'm bringing value to their lives and specifically the value that I that I tell people I do. But there's a student that I'm working with now that really pulls on me. Okay, and what I mean by that is this particular student asks a lot of questions, has really lofty aspirations, is engaged, and not annoying at all, not like always asking questions and always pestering me and all of these things, like genuinely, how do you do this? Oh, I didn't see that. Or gosh, is there a different way? Or this is how I did it. What do you think? I mean, really, really pulling, 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 trying to get explanations, trying to get answers, wants to know. And because of that, obviously, I love that kid. I'm like, yes, yes, here we go. Let me show you anything I can do for you, I'm going to do. If, if you're a student in my class and you're engaged and you're getting after it, man, there's, there's no limit to how much I will try to support you. But I was thinking about that student recently and realizing that when that student is in class, I am so on point. If I'm feeling a little, just a little off, I'll make myself a real stiff cup of tea or I'll crush one of the cold brewed coffees I have in the fridge. I'll do, I'll do whatever I have to do because I know we're ramping up the RPM. We're getting after it. And I realized that the, the grand distinction between the student that I'm working with now and the student I had to let go before is the student I had to let go before actually made me worse as much as I didn't want to admit it for years, I've been thinking about it and mulling it over. That student made me worse because that student was not asking questions. That student, when I would ask, hey, how are things going? It was a drag. I knew he was going to just be like, not really give me an answer. And then I kind of, and I was trying to just eke through it. And then I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to have the conversation with his parents about how he's doing because it wasn't going to be a good conversation. And so I was kind of, eh. That student made me not as good a tutor as I, as I could be. And this other student that I have now makes me the best I could possibly be. And I think we tell people very, very frequently, especially long people, oh, surround yourself with people that bring out the best in you. You know, in your relationships, does your boyfriend or girlfriend, they bring out the best in you? Are you, are you more awesome when you're around them? Yeah, that's, that's very simple. That's very fine. But as an educator, I have never considered the, uh, the effect that my students have on me. I had never really considered that if I change up the class, 
if I change up the the concentrator, excuse me, the the not the curriculum, but the students, right? If I change up the dynamic, the balance, the the different people in here, then I become a better tutor or a worse tutor. I could become more apathetic. I could become more just uh, bummed out. I could become all of these different things. A hundred percent I can. And it's kind of terrifying thinking about that because I think back on the years, it's like, oh my gosh, should I have let go of more students? Should I have thought more carefully about who I allow in the class? And ultimately, I don't think so because again, the vast majority the vast majority of students that, that come in and they're not firing on all cylinders, I can usually turn those kids around. I can usually reach them. I can usually inspire or convince them that this is some something that's worthy of their time and energy and investment. But now when I see somebody, now when I encounter a kid that I just can't reach, and there are very few of those, but when I do, I think I'm going to take action even more quickly than I did before. And it's not like I waited, you know, seven out of the nine classes. You know, I, I got a hold of the parents pretty quickly, but I'm going to have to get after it more quickly than that and just say, hey, look, you got to show up or you got to get out because it's going to affect me. And if it affects me, I become worse. And if I become worse, everyone suffers. I think we really take into consideration who we surround ourselves with when it comes down to social circles and whatnot. But I think professionally as well, and on a big picture, we really have to identify the people in all of the different areas of our lives that could be bringing us down. Because even if we're the ones in charge of the situation, Right? Even if we're the ones that, that you know, are calling the shots, it doesn't mean that we're not being affected by those under us. It doesn't mean that we're not being you know, inspired or equally inspired or equally just diminished by those around us. And the bottom line is, if you're trying to do anything, you're probably trying to do it with other people. And those people... For me, my students, every single one of them, they deserve the best. And that's what I'm going to give them. I'm Matt Todd, and this is the engine that drives me. Go out and crush it. 